0: You're listening to The Science of Superpowers with Tonya Dawn reclar. Listen here, read the book, and dive into the experience. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to The Science of Superpowers. You are in for such a treat today. We are going to have a very, very entertaining conversation all about surfing synchronicities. And you hear me talk about this stuff a lot, about riding the waves and just being willing to get into that field. I call it free flowing through the field, you know, whatever you want to call it. It's that place where we know we're free to create, right? Where we're free to follow the curiosities and the winds and and ride these ways. And we're talking today with Sandy Hart who wrote this beautiful, be- I won't even call it a book. Like, I don't even know what to call it, but it's referred to as the Liminal Odyssey and it, it has pages and words. And, and so it appears to be a book, but it's much more than that. And in this journey that you get to take through through her very transparent and generous sharings of herself, um, is the beautiful magic that exists in these spaces in between that we talk about all the time. You know, um, really allowing for that energy that exists between us as the the connective tissues, right? That exist in the ether that 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 do cohere us, right? That that have us feeling each other and and knowing each other in ways that that perhaps can be a little disorienting at times, but ultimately we know our hearts crave and that it's what really fills us is when we can feel full and complete in and with someone else and those spaces in between. That's what those relationship containers are all about. I truly believe that is how we get to experience the creator here, um, the moments I've had of, of seeing that light and that love come through in words and tones and, and glances and glimpse. I remember uh, when Justin and I were dating, there was a moment he he looked at me and winked and is in that moment, I saw myself reflected and I knew it was, I knew it was written. And, and, and here we went, right. That, that was the journey. And so, um, so we have those little magical moments and Sandy's life is, is um, a magical moment, right. Right. Stretched out for eternity um, in the experience of how to live, in the way that we really want to live here and yet when we look at the world i think sometimes we get a little bit disheartened right we, we think it's not possible because everything else is saying something different and it takes incredible courage to say no thank you you know i'm, I'm going to trust me i'm going to trust what i know um and it takes some forging and some discipline to get to that place and so today's conversation is all about that and i'm going to bring sandy on here her, her, her background is very, 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 very impressive. But I really feel like the most impressive thing about her is her. And so I'm going to bring her on now so she can share that with you. Sandy, thank you for joining us on this show.
1: I'm so happy to be here. Thank you for having me.
0: Uh, well, it's a delight as always. And we're going to dive into all the ways that we play with synchronicities. First, we're going to start with What are your superpowers and how are you using them for good? I mean, other than being a phenomenal surfer, of course, of of, (laughs) of the energetic waves, right?
1: I am a, I definitely am a surfer. I'm a Southern (laughs) California girl. My superpower is, is that I'm cultivating actually um, more and more that I was a conscious choice is, is my, 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 um, is reverent listening. Mm -hmm. reverent listening. And everything comes from that flows from that and
0: trust. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah. So it's as simple as that for me. That's just the root ball of everything I do.
0: I love that. And that's really woven throughout your book. And it's in the concept of listening is one I I, I appreciate it. You and I have so many similar kind of stories and paths. And, And Justin and I really started in teaching um, and we started with things like effective listening and it went to empathetic listening, it went to effective listening, like in, and in, into energetic listening and, and, and the layers at which we can learn to listen, right. And, and listening inside of ourselves, listening to that soft, quiet voice, right. The one that's always guiding us gently. And, um, I know early on in my journey, um, it took a little bit of, of wrangling of the other to, to be able to hear it and. um, and that was a, a kind of step one on being able to discern the difference right how do i know the difference is a big question people ask and and um and and i think that your your concept of listening right like that that's how you know listen and trust right and you talk about that right you have to establish trust in the in the in in playing in the field and allowing it to guide you and so how you know it's a, this is a big question but we all kind of get our start or can at least pinpoint it to to a specific moment in time. And, and um, in the book, you relay it to a moment where you said, yes, do you, do you want to share that still as, as an origin point for for how you got on this conscious journey?
1: Uh, well, there's a number. I think actually all of my stories, which are all, you know, a chapter is dedicated to a different story, all start with me saying yes some were more (laughs) energetically informed um some had no choice um but perhaps you're referring to 1982 at the rose bowl Mm -hmm. in southern california amongst 100,000 people at the (laughs) No, no nukes rally and music festival called peace sunday it was a cause concert and and um environmentalists and politicians and celebrities and spokespeople of all types Mm -hmm. were there to implore upon a stoned and rowdy crowd of concert goers, because most of us were there (laughs) for the music. Bob Dylan and Joan Baez and Fleetwood Mac and Stevie Wonder, Mm. and just everyone that was relevant since some, you know, even the late 50s were there in 1982. And I was uh, sitting stage left And uh the very beginning of the day, the MC came out and announced that they she had a report from the parking lot. Someone had left their dog in the car, the windows were rolled up. And if that was your dog, to please go roll your windows up. I down. Please go let the dog out. And um, there was a low-grade boo that hushed over the crowd. Um, but then we were drowned out by the next speaker or the next band. Yet I couldn't think of anything. Not nuclear non-proliferation, mm-hmm. not save our <laughs> planet. I couldn't, I was locked in on that dog in the car in a in on a hot Southern California day. Mm-hmm. And so um I started to shout from where I sat, what about the dog? What about the dog? What about the dog? <laughs> you know, I'm consistent, relentless, surely they'll put out an all points bulletin and report back, right? Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know,
1: um, and I was 21 years old. You know, I was idealistic, um, but I was sure that they would hear me and I got drowned out. I started up again next time a moment of quiet came between the speakers and the bands. Now, my friends started in with me. Then our whole Mm -hmm. section started in with me. Then the entire stadium over time was chanting. What about the dog? What about the dog? What about the dog? (laughs) And um, that was when I realized at some level I had said yes and to get out of the way. There was this, I I say it in the book, it was like a rush of holy war call to action. You know, something I couldn't ignore Mm. and realized this was important and something I should pay attention to. But I forgot about it until about 15 or 20 years later when my friends heard the story and urged me to write a book about it.
0: Uh, it's so amazing. And and who, how many of us get that opportunity, right. To say like, look at this, I did this thing, like the drop in the bucket. Right. And, and here's, here's this ripple effect. And so we're going to, we're going to touch in on that when we come back from the break, because there's a whole lot in that story. And, and like you said, there's many stories, like your, your life is a series of saying yes, um, <laughs> maybe not always feeling like it was a voluntary yes right yeah. but 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 always saying that how i frame it is like i might not have chosen in this moment but i did choose like i had already chosen and so it was it was a preordained choosing as as far as i was concerned in that moment um and that sort of helps smooth the way for me on, on occasion but we'll dive into that more when we come back from the break but before we do sandy where can we go so people can find out more about you
1: uh, is. Or my name, SandyHart.com, S-A-N-D-E-H-A-R-T. But you can also find everything at LiminalOdyssey.com.
0: Perfect. And we'll have those links for you on the episode page, folks. Make sure you're going over to SuperPowerExperts.com and you can check out SIFA, the modality that's changing how we live our lives. You can come to our experience or sign up for the core class. And so you can apply those techniques into your life in every moment come check us out there and we will be right back after the break we're talking all about surfing synchronicities with sandy hart stay tuned we'll be right back hi everyone i'm tonya don rekla executive director of superpower experts are you ready to master your life are you looking for more calm and peace connectedness in your relationships more clear communication guided thoughts and a confidence in your ability to come up with creative solutions no matter what happens, then join us at our next experience. Go to superpowerexperts.com and get signed up today. Awesome. We're back. Thank you so much for joining us in the, the science of superpowers. We're talking all about surfing synchronicities with Sandy Hart today. And before the break, Sandy shared a beautiful story that she writes about or wrote about in her book, The Liminal Odyssey, about saying yes, right? and And just letting that full-bodied, inspired expression come through us. And that's so much of what Sifa is teaching us is the the creative energy field activation. It's teaching us that how we express on mental, emotional, physical, and vibrational levels, energetically, it dictates exactly what we experience. And I was giggling as I was sitting in Sandy's space and kind of immersed in her vibe. And and I was remembering a moment in my own existence in college when um, I had started to get involved with, um, with, with activism um, in college. And one of my friends called me. Um, I was asleep. I was in bed. And he called. And he's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm sleeping. I'm taking a nap. Like, what is, I'm in college. Like, <laughs> that's what I was doing. And he's like, but we're protesting the Republican debates." And I was like, okay, well, have fun with that. And um, he's like, get up. And I was like, why would I get up? Why would I want to do that when I'm sleeping? He's like, get up and get over here now. And he just hung up on me. And I was like, for just shiver, you know, I was like, no, like, why would I want to do this? Like, it sounds like a lot of effort. Right. And I remember running it through my brain, but it was one of those things where the next thing I knew I was up and I was out the door, still kind of baffled as to why I was doing what I was doing. And I wasn't really sure what we were protesting or why we were doing it, but it was that call to action. Right. And mind you that go that went exactly against everything i believed right i believe like like you should have educated action and if you're going to protest you should know why and you know all of those those things and and that just all flew out the window because my body was up and moving and i was out the door and by by that one motion i ended up finding myself involved with um you know a huge or, uh, an organization that that then sort of made some really dr- dramatic changes i was one of three students who Put some wheels in motion that actually created some some significant change at the university. Some proposals were written and stuff like that. So I I got the opportunity to be a part of that. But but even that in its significance was like okay I can I can get that. But then fast forward I don't know how many years later when I was an agent and I had just experienced um, the second rape of my lifetime while while on mission and um and was really struggling with the fact that that. As much time had progressed in my existence, um, in between, I was raped at sixteen and then again at thirty-two. And but my my behavior was the same, right? How I responded was the same. Who I was was the same. And and I had to really sit. I didn't have to. I chose to sit with that and say, okay, what's what's happened here? Right, right. Like I look really good on paper. I have all these accomplishments, but I'm a a hot mess inside. Like nothing had really changed for me, and the same person, right, um, was there. I was talking with him and and he actually encouraged me back to Christ and I ended up getting rebaptized and that made all the difference of course and set me on a whole new trajectory and so as I was reflecting on that reading your book what it, what came through for me in that moment was where we put these little pillars like these little I was calling them anchors you refer to them as something else in the book but but these little like plantings in where there were these significant moments and what it did was was it established trust right he became Someone that I listened to, someone I responded to, the voice of the creator through, so that in the moment when I most needed it, I didn't hesitate, right? I didn't question it. I was able to say, yes, that's exactly what I need, because it came through a trusted source. And I had proven that trust over time. And I I felt like that was such a beautiful illustration of what my walk has been with the creator, with the field, with spirit, with essence. Because it is a walk of trust, right? And building trust. And so that's what really struck me at your book, is I think a lot of people papa what they consider a faith walk because it feels veckless, um, it feels like foundationless. But that's not what you're talking about. You're talking about real, established, foundational, stable trust in a world that is anything but. Can you speak to that a little bit about what it's like for you in that walk?
1: Yeah, thank you so much. And yes, I found the uh, Joseph Campbell's The Hero's Journey really helpful for me um, as a template, this contemplative template. It fell short for me. It wasn't enough for me. It had merit. It was helpful. It was important. It, those were those you know, those mile markers for me so I could have something to kind Mm -hmm. of hold on to, you know, in the sea of everything, it was like a buoy in the middle of (laughs) the waves that are sloshing me left and right. And it was something I could hold on to yet. Nothing was really said or written about what happens in between those buoys, you know, in between those moments, how do I get from here to there? And, um, and that therein come. Comes the trust frequency, which is actually a book that was written by Connie Baxter Marlowe and Andrew Bailey on um, understanding a trust frequency of the universe. That the universe is here conspiring mm-hmm. on our behalf. And then I kind of I, I I grokked the notion. I really just got I got it when I started thinking about those spaces in between, which is really what liminal means. What we do in the spaces in between. <clears throat> that I recognized that these things that were happening to me and they were making up my beautiful parts. I learned to have reverence for those scars. I learned that, you know, they happened. I can't do anything about them now. And it's entirely my attitude, my choice and, um and my, um, m- you know, how I, how I live the rest of my life and I choose to say okay those scars make up the beautiful me and I Mm. feel reverence in the most horrific things for me um and to see them as okay they were planted there for me because it was necessary (laughs) they were there for me to learn something you know as simple as that sounds you know, so it's this convergence of understanding forgiveness, which I've never been good at. It's mm-hmm. been I, our hat. I'm getting better, but I can take those offenses that are betrayals or things that I feel like I re, that require my forgiveness um, and, uh, and gratitude mm. and start alchemizing them. That's the subtitle, you know, alchemizing the alchemical power of the spaces in between how are we going to alchemize them and not just skip over them or mm-hmm. assume they should never have happened or that they have to go away as horrific as they could have been or as mundane as they may have seemed, but they still scar you and they inform your behaviors that continue to mess up relationships. And I'm, I'm a work in progress. So I'm not suggesting <laughs> that I've, that I've mastered this, but I get it. And I discovered the process working through the writing of my own personal stories and those lessons I learned along the way.
0: Mm, I love that. And it, and it's, this is a little bit out there, but for those of you who really like the surreal and the abstract, what I, what we've been playing with is the ease is, is I think what you're speaking to is the very way that we're able to harmonize contradictions within us, right? What the, mm-hmm. The spaces in between is what allows for us to see the full picture. So um, it's actually, I believe, the concept of Trinitization where one becomes two becomes three, because in order to come to harmonize contradictions, two s- seemingly contradictions, whether it be the mundane and the miraculous, right? Or control and chaos, or terrifying and, and elated, right? It doesn't really matter what the two elements are. Sometimes it's Um, you know, one of the first ones I realized I held was creation and evolution. It was like, wait, I literally hold two contradictory concepts inside of me. And I firmly believe in both. Huh. All right. How, how, right. Rather than what we typically do is we blip back and forth between them. So we don't really know that we're holding both, but once you can sit in the spaces in between or, um, you know, become the observer, you see that. And and that is the trinitization concept, right? Because it's it's in the spaces in between where we see we can actually hold both, and that's what starts to train us how to be in wholeness. Because we're a set of contradictions. we're we're constant contradictions, you know. Are we the creature element? Or are we the creator element? Right? And and what's in between that? And how do we hold those contradictions in in and not allow it to um, create those disparate realities? Right? Because if we're only aware of being one or the other, then as we create those realities, those realities are disparate. And that starts to create real um, disconnect and disorientation in people um, in, until they're able to step out and, and hold the contradictions, which I believe getting comfortable in the spaces in between, you know, recognizing that the the binary, the black and white, the this and that, the right and wrong um, is a ladder, right? Those are training wheels to get us to a place where we're more comfortable speaking about things in abstraction, because that is really their very nature. And and, and our nature is is full of contradictions and multitudes that, that we haven't even begun to, to tap into yet. And so I love this, the work that you're doing, talk, let's, let's let everybody know a little bit about where they can go to, um, I know you're a part of so many amazing, um, organizations and groups and stuff people who are really pushing the envelope for how we do this how we do this together and and i know on your heart is is, is real movement in that direction how would you encourage people who are saying okay like I, I i've been playing with this stuff on my own and i do think that it's part of a bigger conversation for all of us mm-hmm. at large um, what can we do with it? How do we, how do we actually become effective in, in that work?
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for asking me such a, a big question. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, but and then I have an opinion um, and perspective and experience because I've seen the transformation in, in myself personally, and this is a, a suggestive guide, the book, Um Yet, I believe it starts with a couple of conditions. First of all, and you spoke to the condition that I think was planted at the hands of patriarchy, control, Mm. separation. It's what Dr. Rianne Isler refers to as the domination trance, that we have been duped into believing that things are a certain way and a certain construct, yet it's never settled with us. And it comes out sideways in the arts. It comes out sideways in in music, it comes out sideways in our dreams and in that angst that just something Mm -hmm. doesn't feel right, but we just have to keep going. So I I think the first thing we'd be well served to do is first of all, strengthen our muscle of awareness. Practice awareness. It's actually Mm. a skill you can cultivate. Practice awareness. Set a timer. What's my body feeling? That's the easiest way to practice awareness. Five times a day even. Practice awareness because when you start Recognizing cracks in the sidewalk and you start seeing connections between otherwise meaningless, um, circumstances, but then you find meaning, the definition of synchronicity. Mm -hmm. You start seeing more synchronicities. You start seeing different colors. You start hearing different, um, signs, seeing different signs. That's the sign that you're, that that practice is working. You might be, more attentive to your body as well because you're practicing it there. So five times a day, practice body awareness. Take 30 seconds. How am I feeling? Oh, am I sitting comfortably? Oh, what's my thought? Oh, am I vibrating? You know, time to settle down. Then move on with your day. Five times a day, it's almost it's almost magical. No, it's magical. Let's normalize that word. It is magical. Um, and that's the miraculous and the mundane that I, I talk about. The other thing that happens is we start questioning assumptions. Let's question why do we do things? Why do I have to buy that product? Does that product make me rich, happier, you know, give me fame, <laughs> you know? Do I have to buy a product that's you know just dis- disturbing to the environment if not distru- destructive? Um so questioning assumptions about our daily behaviors is really bringing it home. And then we start paying attention to what we're getting fed throughout our day. And that mm, then leads us to a condition of trust. So it's a cohesive, a coherence create, is created. where you start becoming awareness, questioning assumptions, paying attention to behaviors that no longer serve us, um, it's this coherence that's greater than the sum of its parts. When you do start with those um, two conditions of questioning assumptions and practicing awareness, then you start seeing all these new flowers growing out of the, you know, the sidewalk. And then you trust, you can relinquish and know Mm. that we don't have it all figured out and we're okay. And if I run into that wall, it's just going to make, be a part of my beautiful life. You know, it's Mm. just going to be a lesson I've learned. Can I share with you a a beautiful, it's a sentence out of a beautiful poem by Reverend Lisa Lee. She's with Unity Church in Las Vegas. Mm. And her and she said and this line goes, it is the child in us that knows that to ask, where am I going? Or how do I get there is to miss the crimson red rose growing out of the rock in the sidewalk.
0: Mm, that is beautiful and so true. So true. When we it's like the the seeing the forest for the trees, right? It's it's lifting our heads up and not looking at things. Right on the surface, I love that you talked about the questioning. I know that that's a big part of what led to the levels of awareness that that I exercise and continue to stretch because I I didn't take anything at face value, and 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 it's challenging and downright a pain in the ass for parents and teachers and everybody else who might be in your life wanting you to conform. But ultimately, I just had to get to a place where I said, you know, I just don't know that to be true for me, and until I know it to be true for me. I don't accept it as truth and 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 there's a lot of power in recognizing how we implant those messages and what we think of as truth. Sandy, I love you so much and I love the work that you're doing and everything you stand for. And I, and I hope that this is just one of many conversations that we get to have on the show together um, because your work is rich and it's deep. Um, Please go check out the liminal odyssey and go to liminalodyssey.com or you can go to sandyhart.com to find out more. We'll have those links on the page. Sandy, thank you so much for joining us and being such a beautiful light in the world.
1: I am so grateful for you and all that you are and do in the world. Thank you for saying yes.
0: Mm, beautiful. Thank you for the same. And to all of you out there, keep saying yes. Have the courage and know the beautiful things await you. We love you all. Love each other. Until next time, make sure you go over to superpowerexperts.com and come join us for the experience and experience your superpowers and what it feels like to be in full awareness of yourself so that you can shine that light and see those beautiful flowers growing out of the cracks. We love you all. Love each other. Goodbye for now.
1: Thank you for listening to the superpower network. Go now to superpowerexperts.com to unlock your superpowers and change your life today.